Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Thursday, December 10th, and this is your morning briefing. Starting off with the main news in Lebanon today, first, Prime Minister-designate Saad Hariri struck an upbeat note about forming a new cabinet soon to enact reforms and halt Lebanon's economic collapse. Now, during the meeting with Hariri, On presented the premier-designate with, quote, a complete proposal for the suggested cabinet lineup, the presidency said in a statement. However, it was not immediately known whether On and Hariri had managed to narrow differences over the naming of nine Christian ministers in the proposed 18-member cabinet, a major bone of contention between the two leaders that had delayed the formation. There are French efforts to resolve two obstacles delaying the formation of the new government, Al Jadid TV reported, ahead of an unexpected meeting between President Michel Aoun and Prime Minister designate Saad Hariri. The obstacle over the interior portfolio is still present, with President Aoun clinging to naming the interior minister, while Hariri, in return, is insisting in naming him in agreement with President Aoun, Al Jadid said. The president is also clinging to the energy portfolio and wants it to be among his share, while there is French insistence on them naming the energy minister, the TV network added. The French endeavor is seeking to resolve these two hurdles, Al-Jadid said. The NBN television station affiliated with Speaker Nabih Birre waged a verbal attack during its primetime news bulletin against President Michel Aoun, accusing him of obstructing the judicial formations and of, quote, paralyzing the judicial authority. NBN waged the attack after a meeting held by Aoun at Babda Palace with members of the Higher Judicial Council led by Judge Suhail Aboud. Now, Aoun called on the judicial body to be immune to the slander campaigns targeting some judges. NBN accused Aoun of obstructing the judicial appointments and of paralyzing the judicial authority. Aoun, quote, speaks the language of prudence, while he himself wrote the execution record of judiciary. The station lashed out. The Lebanese Foreign Ministry announced that Lebanon's ambassador to the UAE, Fouad Dandan, has informed it that Emirati authorities have not issued an official resolution banning tourist visas for Lebanese and citizens of other nationalities, contrary to a flurry of media reports in this regard. In a statement, the ministry said Dandan has met with Khalid Abdullah Belhoul, the undersecretary of the UAE Ministry of Foreign Affairs and International Corporation, who clarified to him that UAE is, quote, currently going through a phase of recovery from the coronavirus pandemic ahead of a gradual resumption of normal life and all activities. Hezbollah is suing the estranged brother of the country's prime minister-designate, Saad Hariri, after he accused the group of being responsible for the massive explosion at Beirut's port earlier this year, a TV station reported. Hezbollah's Al-Manar TV gave no further details about the case filed against Bahat Hariri, the son of late Prime Minister Rafi Hariri, an estranged brother of Saad Hariri. 
Shifting to the second segment of this episode, the region at a glance. First, U.S. President Donald Trump issued a formal threat to veto congressional efforts to block his plans for $23 billion in military sales to the United Arab Emirates. The Senate was due to vote on resolutions of disapproval of the sales later on Wednesday. Now, in its policy statement, the White House said the sales directly support U.S. foreign policy and national security objectives by, quote, enabling the UAE to deter increasing Iranian aggressive behavior and threats in the wake of its recent peace deal with Israel. Also on the UAE, the United Arab Emirates ambassador to Washington said there were, quote, seeds of progress in resolving a long-running Gulf Arab row and a commitment to, quote, tone things down as the parties work for a solution to end the rift with neighboring Qatar. Now, Ambassador Yusuf Al-Ateba's comments to a U.S. think tank were more cautious than those of ally Saudi Arabia, whose foreign minister said last week that significant progress has been made and that a final agreement was within reach. A leading rival of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in the right-wing Likud party announced his resignation from parliament as he launches a new party to challenge the premier. Gideon Saad, an influential figure in conservative Israeli politics, had challenged Netanyahu in a Likud leadership race in December, but decisively lost the primary. With a Netanyahu-led coalition edging towards collapse, risking a fourth Israeli election in less than two years, Saad announced his break with Likud. The EU will prepare new sanctions against Turkey over the crisis in the eastern Mediterranean under proposals to be discussed by European leaders at a summit this week. The range of targets could move beyond the current focus on individuals linked to contentious energy drilling off Cyprus. The document further suggests that the EU will seek to consult with President-elect Joe Biden's new U.S. administration on how to handle an escalating dispute that has stoked fears of Mediterranean conflict and poisoned relations with Turkey's President Erdogan. Rainbow flags will be allowed in stadiums at the 2022 World Cup after Qatar said it would comply with FIFA rules promoting tolerance and inclusion at matches despite the Arab country's strict anti-LGBTQ laws. With less than two years until the tournament, concerns persist about the treatment facing gay fans in Qatar due to the conservative religious codes prohibiting same-sex relations that conflict with FIFA's stance against homophobia. FIFA said it was determined to push Qatar on staging a, quote, tournament that is inclusive when the World Cup heads to the Middle East for the first time. Iraqi authorities are trying to contain public anger in the northeasterly Kurdistan region as the death toll after a week of violent demonstrations over unpaid salaries and corruption rose to eight. The civil unrest in the semi-autonomous Kurdistan region of Iraq is being stoked by the coronavirus-related plunge in the oil price, which has hampered the war-battered country's ability to foot a vast government wage bill. The overall death toll for Syria's civil war has crept up to 387,000 following the latest deadly of 10 years of conflict, a monitor said. 
The Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, which relies on a wide network of sources inside Syria, said the new figure included almost 117,000 civilians, among them more than 22,000 children. The observatory's previous tally was issued in January and stood at more than 380,000. Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. As always, thank you so much for your time and don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.